0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the
1: Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and today is going to be another great day in podcast heaven. We are going to talk about, uh, we're going back to the basics of multifamily investing, and today we are going to talk about the secret uh, language of multifamily investing and, you know, some of the languages that you've got to know, that you've got to understand to make sure that, you know, People, your brokers and vendors and stuff like that, um, don't think that you're just a brand new newbie. That's the worst thing that can happen. And eh, maybe it's not the worst thing that can happen because we all got to start somewheres. But it sure helps to look and sound and feel like it's not your first rodeo. And um, to do that, you've got to understand the language because language is different than the single family investing world. So, uh, but before we get into that, let's just listen. I love it when you guys take the time to give me some feedback and give me those reviews on iTunes. So, I'm just going to jump right into it with a couple. So, this comes from Miranda Willa. She goes, Boss, Corey is a boss. Hey, hey, listen, that's cool. I, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. And it really does warm my heart. So thank you, Miranda. Uh, Rihanna Jam- Jamilia says, best commercial real estate podcast. I can't believe how many ratings and reviews this podcast is for a real estate show. More than I have personally seen. Thought I'd add, it, add to it. This is an incredible and interesting commercial real estate podcast. Uh, so thank you. I got one more. So from Esme Sydney says, check it out. I love this show because the host gives many useful tips for investing in real estate, and he does it in a way that is missing on other shows. Uh, you'll grow so much by listening in. So listen, I, I love it when you guys take the time to do that. I know it's a pain in a butt, but it does let us know that you're listening and you're active, and we have been just getting troves and troves of, of written reviews of Um, our show has grown by leaps and bounds i think we're almost truly around 25 to thirty thousand downloads a month um which is so the word's getting out this thing is really taking a lot of momentum and so do your part to help us share like subscribe do all those things get the word out that this is the podcast where you get to grow and learn and truly move the needle okay so with that said um couple of things that's going on in Kahuna Land. We are now in the um, phases of opening up our Apartments to Millions Summit uh, that we're going to be having in April. So this is going to be a great summit. We've got a great speaker lineup. And so if you'd like to learn more about that, go to A2MLive.com. So A2MLive.com. You can can get it. Um, But it's going to be a great show. Uh, a great event and uh, great people, great speakers, and really we're going to bring the magic. And I think that's what's missing. Um, a lot of times, people have the speakers have like such little time spans to actually speak and get like detailed. So we've changed that format. We're giving them plenty of time, and we're really requesting and asking them to give us like detailed steps of how to so you guys can get educated and then honestly it's the place where you if you have money deals in um, you know, partnerships all those things are formed with these types of events and you'll not want to miss out on this one okay so uh, with that before we start let's get a word from our sponsors
0: are you ready for retirement the majority of americans are not failing social security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees finances of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room.
1: All right. Well, we're back. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about you know the, that secret language of apartment investing and why um, why is it why does it matter? I think it matters for this reason. We all need to you know get uh, investors and brokers, mainly brokers, to understand that we are not the new green guy that's never locked up anything. And so what I want to do is just I'm going to simply go through some list of words and talk about what they are, what they mean. Uh, just to get you kind of educated, because sometimes when you're, even if you're hitting this new for, uh, or for the second time or third time, it's never too bad to come back and just refresh yourself on what all these things mean and, and what how it works. So, you know, we'll talk about gross, so we're going to start jumping into it, and I'm really kind of looking at a P&L when I'm looking at this, because when we're talking with brokers, a lot of times we're going to be talking about the financials. And we want to have good conversations to understand and make sure we're all on the same page. So gross scheduled rents, right? That is the income, it's the annual income of a property um, if all rentable spaces were in fact rented and uh, the rent, all the rent was collected. In short, it's the, the maximum potential income without regard to any possible vacancy or credit losses. Okay, that's your gross scheduled rents. Uh, you know, vacancy. Vacancy, it represents the percent or the amount of income loss from non-lease units. That's pretty explanatory. I can't even say it right. (laughs) But then we we start getting to like, um, you know, what's other income, right? Other income is income from fees, like laundry fees, uh, vending machines, pet fees, application fees. All that stuff is other income and you see a lot of it In a lot of properties, right? You're like, wow, that's another income stream here. And then we have, you know, what's RUBS? RUBS, you know, there's RUBS on this property. What's RUBS? RUBS is a residential utility billback system. And it's income received for billing back a portion of like the water or the sewer trash, things like that. So RUBS, we get RUBS on almost every property. We start a RUBS program, if not already done, on almost every single property that we buy. It's one of the easiest ways. To start making some additional money, uh, you know, if you had rents that were six twenty-five, or you know, uh, for a unit, and then you said, "Hey, it's six twenty-five. That's what you market it as," and then you say, "Then there's a twenty-five-dollar water sewer trash," and so you did that and just made twenty-five extra dollars without doing anything. That's one of the easiest ways um, to get a bump. Now we usually don't add rubs right away. Our our process is. We fixed the broken stuff, we improved the the plant, the physical plant, we get everything outside and inside looking good, and then we raised rents just because of that, right, by by fixing stuff up, and then it's usually in year two or year three that we'll start adding a RUBS program to get that additional rent increase. Meanwhile, we're still raising the rents a little bit each and every uh, year as we renew leases. Okay, so it's a great way to make additional money. Um, Then we come into your total income, right? Your total income is the amount of income minus all your vacancies and concessions, right? That's always the big line. We always like to look at, I look at my total income line a lot. I wanna make sure that, you know, what are we doing on a month-to-month basis? I'm looking at that number more so, I look at the details, but I track first, I look at the numbers. If I'm on track with my goals, Um, I don't always go into the details of that, right? That's not my job. I'm looking at the big picture, not all the granular stuff. We have an asset manager that jumps into the granular every month on every property and, you know, asks the questions why, and that's important, right? But that's not what Corey, the owner, does, okay? Salaries and related. This is uh, the expenses from, like, your labor and wages, bonuses, you know, rental bonuses. This is for your staff that's at the property, right? So it's not the management fee, this is for your people that actually work at your property, okay? Then you have advertising and promotion, this is your expenses from your, uh, just, you know, like it says, advertising, your pay-per-click, your Facebook, your websites, anything that, you know, your apartments.com, all that stuff, that's your advertising and promotion line. Um, And then then you have your maintenance line. And your maintenance is usually your, uh, (laughs) you know, going to go and uh, we, some people do maintenance two different places. We like to do it once and then we have a big subcategory of what all that stuff is. But that's all your make readies and repairs, cap, uh, and it's the repairs of units, okay? A lot of times you'll see your contracts for lawn care, for uh, pest control and stuff in this line as well. We tend to break that down a little bit more. We like it broken down a little bit more as well. Um, And then you have your office, your office administration, right? And that's for your cost of running the office, your phones, your software subscription, your paper supplies, uh, the candy for the office, the stamps, the water, all the things that you do in your office, uh, the toner, those types of things. That's what your office administration is doing, your security. Now a lot of times people don't have security at properties, um, or they don't have a a line that even represents security, I think you should, um, because a lot of times you'll buy properties, and and maybe they have security, maybe they don't, but I don't always see lines added for this, and so I think it's important. Of course, your management fees, um, that's what you're gonna pay your management every month, and typically that's between three to four percent. If you're paying more than that, you're probably paying too much, maybe you need to shop around, but three to four percent seems to be the standard rate. Um, utilities, we, we all know what those are, so I'm not gonna explain that. Your total operating expenses, right? That's just your total. And then we get into this thing called NOI. <laughs> and I don't know why, but people get so you know weirded about NOI, but that's your net operating income, and all that is, it's simple. It's the uh, all the revenue from the property minus All the expenses is your NOI, your Net Operating Income. And the reason your NOI is so important is because we use it on a main, a big calculation, which is called cap rate. And really, it's how you find the value of a property, right? So, and to give this as an example too, so like when you raise rents, let's say you raise rents and you're able to raise, um, you know, 100 doors, let's say you're able to raise $100,000 in additional income in a year on a typical property, right? And if that property was trading, so that's your NOI, your NOI is uh, $100,000. And if you were to use a cap rate, cap rate is kind of like your uh, the current market price, uh, rate for that for the for that property for that type of property it's going to equal the value so at a 7.5 cap rate if it with a hundred thousand dollars of NOI it's 1.3 million dollars okay um, and here's what's crazy that same hundred thousand dollars at a 6.5 percent cap rate a little bit lower is 1.5 and I'm going to do this on the fly because Right now, the market is frothy, and I'm seeing a lot of things um, trade at at like 5.5 cap. So if I take that 100,000, and I divide it by 5.5% cap rate, that's $1.8 million. There's a $500,000 swing in that additional, in that $100,000 of NOI from 7.5 to 5.5. And, when you really understand the power of this and when you drive and can raise NOI at a property, the power of that is exciting. It's what we do, the reason why we get into this business because driving NOI is the job. And you can drive NOI by two ways. One is you raise your income level. And B, and this is what a lot of people don't understand and don't do, very well is by decreasing your expenses one of the easiest ways to uh to lower your expenses is people people are tend to be your staff tend to be the biggest line item besides utility sometimes in your p and l and so when we, we we look at properties, we really strategically look at the people and are they the right people? What are we paying them? Can we go find and integrate our team members? And this is why it's important to work with the right management company. We tend, with our management company, Lighthouse, Lighthouse Management Solutions, we already have a training program internally for cultivating and training new managers. So we always have a manager in training and they know that they can be deployed at our properties. And why is that important? Well, they, we already know kind of what they're going, the income going in is and we know that they know our systems and processes um, and more importantly, our culture to do this deal, right? And so they go in there and, they, and they execute so much better and so much faster and we're able to save money because these people are usually trained where they can do the work of sometimes two people. Like, you don't always have to have a manager and then just a leasing person. I see this too often where managers are like, I'm a manager, so I don't lease the property. Like, what? Like, listen, our managers understand that their job is to lease. Their job is, absolutely, that may be what you do and manage your team because we believe all managers have to have that ability to lease, they have to. Um, And it's only necessary to add another person if we're just that super busy. And the reason for that is because when we hire our managers, our management company, Lighthouse Management Solution, takes away all the other stuff that managers would typically do. So we don't pay bills at the property, we don't enter invoices, all that stuff, and most of those expenses, by the way, don't even come to the property. They go to the home office at our management company where then they're keyed in and added and data entered at our management property, right? Like at, at, their, at their place. So we take a lot of the duties away from that manager that they don't have a whole else lot, lot to do so, again, this is just being smart and understanding that's the the diversity, and this is where we can win where a lot of other uh, operations can't. So you can save a lot of money by understanding that NOI is important and that people, if you can dial that thing in, can can create way big win opportunities for you. Um, and, and I'll use this as an example. We're actually going to a property this week in, um, Illinois is a student housing property and their income line for staff, for staffing is like, I want to say $270,000. 270, that's a lot of people. And we're looking at it and our budget says it should be like 180. That's almost $100,000. That's $1. $1.3 million we can make right away using you know this six and a half cap uh, rate just by not higher by letting the ones go like this is going to be easy math to be able to make some some changes dramatically and all we're doing is cutting our some of our expenses and adding the right people so that NOI is a beautiful thing to manipulate and so you want to understand that all right, so then we're going to talk about debt service. Like we don't say, "Hey, what's your loan or whatever." We talk about debt service. That's the way we talk about it in the commercial world. Is it is debt service? This is the loan, and it usually stated, and it's usually stated in your yearly payment. Um, another thing we call uh, that we usually talk about is capex. Right? What is capex? Capex is capital improvement, and um, in single family, we call it rehab. Right in commercial, we call it capex, right? And we usually talk about it in a cost per door for capex. So when you're underwriting, you're talking with a broker. You'll be like, "Hey, listen, I'm trying to dial in the capex per door. I've got it underwritten at you know thirty five hundred dollars a door. Um, you know, what do you think? Or, or before you tell them what you did, tell them what they think. Ask them what they think. Hey, what do you think that the, the capex should be per door at this property? Oh I think it should be $6500 or whatever. But anyways, you're the reason is you're talking to a broker in an, an intelligent way in the way that we talk in the multifamily world. We wouldn't say, "Hey, how much of your money are you going to use to it's called it capex." And we do it in the form of costs per door. That's it. Right? Then your of course your cap oh, your uh, cash flow before taxes, CFBT. Now, listen. Uh Your cash flow before taxes is a beautiful number most of the times, right? When you buy these properties, that is the amount of profit after debt service and bank reserve. And CFBT is like real money, real profits. And so you want to make sure that you're getting some CFBT because I think it is a beautiful thing. Now, and you should be trying to get lots of it. Next one is debt coverage ratio. DCR, we we actually call it most of the time, you'll hear brokers and lenders and stuff calling, hey, uh, I need a DCR of this. Well, what does DCR mean? It's your debt coverage ratio. It's a measure of the cash flow available to pay current debt obligations. The ratio states net operating income as a multiple of debt obligations due within one year, including interest, principal, uh, sinking funds and lease payments. The higher this ratio is, the easier it is to obtain a loan, right? So simply put, if you've got this much in um, that you've borrowed from the bank, right, um, and you had a 25% whatever, you look at the income, you want to be able to say it's 1.25 or the profit of that that income is, you know, a DCR of 1.25. That means you've got one and a quarter times uh, the money to pay off that loan from your profit, okay? So, DCR is language for lenders. And then the cap rate, we just talked about it a minute ago. It's the rate that helps in evaluating a real estate investment. Uh, Cap rate equals your NOI income divided by the current market value of the asset, right? Cap rate is, is one of those things that is usually misread or misunderstood. Um Proforma, so let's talk about proformas. Now, proforma is another way to say, <laughs> yeah, man, I think the, the value of the property is 20 million. Okay, this is my imitation of what brokers do when they put together their operating uh, memorandums, their, their OMs, because I feel like uh, sometimes they are smoking on the crack pipe, okay? Um, it's the assumed or forecasted of informal information, okay, <laughs> presented in advance of the actual or formal information. In other words, it's an ask guess of what they think is going to happen. Now, listen, we give Performa too. So when we uh, give that to our investors, we're saying this is the best ideal of what we think's going to happen with this investment so it is called performa Um, but when i look at it from the broker's point of view it makes me a little bit um jaded (laughs) and so that's that's my performa version you're welcome for uh you for what brokers do when they come up with these numbers sometimes Okay, Your operating memorandum is what we just talked about that the broker gives you. It's a sales brochure that brokers usually prepare to sell a commercial property. Now, again, keyword there is a sales brochure. Okay, It does not represent actual anything. You need a T12 and a rent roll, current rent roll, and future rent rolls, um, and some past rent rolls to understand what's really going on with the property, okay? The OM is just for you to kind of get the story, but it is by no means very accurate or very telling. It's the broker's version of what he thinks going on with the deal. And most of the time, brokers, most time I checked, last time I checked, most brokers are not buying multifamily apartments because if they could, um, they would. And so... But they all act like they know how to do it. I know. I beat a broker so bad, and I don't mean to. I actually love them. I mean, my best deals come from brokers. But on this podcast, my job is to give you the unfiltered dirty truth of the game. And so we got to talk about it the way it is. All right. So acquisitions fee. This is another one of my favorites. Acquisition fee. This is the fee the sponsors take for putting a deal together, normally between three and five percent of the purchase price. Normally three, um, not very often five, but sometimes we get four, right? It all depends on the deal. All right, so now we have call to offers, right? So what is call to offers? Call for offers or to offers is the deadline date for all offers to be made for a property. So when a broker has a deal, he's going to hey say, hey, my call to offers is uh, February 19th. I got a deal right now that call to offers is February 19th. Meaning I have to have my deal to the broker on the 19th. Now, and I will, but I will actually be the last one to submit my deal because I'm going to call the broker for broker for uh, pricing guidance. Why? Because that's how I get deals. I want to be the last one to submit so I can maybe hopefully get what everybody else did. And if I need to go up on top of them a little bit, that's how I play the game. Okay, you got to play to win. Deferred maintenance. That's one you hear. Uh We don't, in the single family world, you never say deferred maintenance, but in the multifamily world, that's what it's called. It's, it's when, it's for all the stuff that's broke or avoided. Um, it's all the crap that doesn't get fixed on a property. That's called deferred maintenance. And most properties are, that we tend to buy suffer a lot from this natural reoccurring event of, you know, I guess owners never fixing up their crap. And that happens a lot, and so guess what? There's usually lots of opportunity if you see a lot of deferred maintenance on a property. So take that one and use it really, really well. Due diligence is usually the inspection period um, when you are looking at the properties, right? You actually get some due diligence time to do a, a financial audit and then a also a fiscal audit of the property. And then you have your LOI. Your LOI is your letter of intent. It's the documents used to make a formal offer on a property, right? So, um LOIs are important, I don't, a lot of times though I see LOIs very complicated, I think that's a bad mistake, I think you should make your LOIs very easy to read for um, the seller, and then um, you hire an attorney to make your, what's called PSA, that's another magic word, PSA, your purchase and sell agreement, but we call it PSA, okay? Make readies, right? When a unit becomes vacant, it's a make ready until it's rent ready, right? So, a make ready is ones that need to be, you know, they're vacant and they need to be made ready, and then a rent ready is when it's done, right? Uh, market rents—that's the new lease. What new leases are going for in the area? I think that's important. All right, so let's kind of uh, jump the gun here a little, little bit, and I just want to talk about a couple other things, and we'll wrap it up for today's podcast, but is talking about plays. So I think when you're talking with brokers, um, understanding like the kind of, and I think there's three types of main plays. We we can call some of the micro stuff too, but there's three plays. And one is like a a momentum play, And, and all properties may suffer from a portion of each of these, by the way. That's okay. But you have your typical momentum play. A momentum play, and that's how you would say it. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm looking for a deal that has a little bit of a momentum play to it, maybe with a with some some value add occupancy, or you know, some, maybe some repositioning. So these are the words, but we're gonna go over them. The momentum play is when it's already a stabilized property, um, and you know, it's typically 90% occupied. It's not risky and not as risky. We'll call it right. And you're just looking to get your three to four percent growth, um, you know, year over year over year. That's just called a momentum play. You can buy it at cash flows and it pays. That's that's an it's one of the easiest deals you can do, and it's kind of one that I recommend for your first one out of the gate. Just because you're not going to have to spend a lot of capex to do this, where you could maybe get in trouble if you didn't do the capex right. So it's nice to have a deal that can that can pay out of the gate. Then you have your occupancy play, and that's pretty self-explanatory. It's when a property has low occupancy, and you can get paid a lot of money by filling it up with paying tenants. So we've done this at student housing a lot, where we'll find student housing that's typically you know, running 80, 85%, and we go and make it 95, we make lots of money. We put a lot of money to our NOI because those, we're renting them by the bed, and when you can put all those beds in, um, you, you really can tremendously change your NOI and profit. So, like your occupancy plays right? Usually, occupancy is a problem of management and deferred maintenance. Right, so there's something wrong that people are not wanting to stay at your property, but it's usually fixed with money and and great people at your property. So this that's really easy to fix most of the times, unless you're just in a crappy, crappy area. But your comps will tell you that. Repositioning play. Um, this is the big. This is the big one. This is the one that can. It's a lot of work, but when you do this right, it can make you tons and tons of money on the back end. This is when you have, uh, you usually have low occupancy um, and you typically need to do a lot of rehab to bring the property to a fresh new standard. And it requires a lot of capex or money and the occupancy normally drops when you're doing this type of deal, right? And it normally takes two to maybe two and a half years to kind of complete the whole project and then fill the property back up. But when you do, Put a, when you fill it back up, you're filling it up with a brand new tenant base because usually you're going to be you know, changing the rents $150, $200 if you're doing a major repositioning play. Um, when you do that, we talked about that cap rate and the effects of what $100,000 of income means. So you know, when you do that and you change it a couple hundred thousand dollars on a typical property, you're going to be able to create you know, like magic, like not just a little bit of income, but I'm talking the crazy, stupid kind. So that's it, my friends. Those are some magic words that we talk about that we use in the multifamily world. I hope hopefully this has been great for you. Um, Check out this little thing for one of our sponsors.
0: At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home if you want to learn more about our company and our process go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room
1: as always guys i love it i love this game i love multifamily investing this is some of the basics we're back to the basics next week we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things and that's deal flow how to get crazy um, you know deal flow to show up in your uh computer each and every week, each and every month to have those broker relations and really how to increase your chances of finding needles in the haystack. It really is about doing the basic stuff over and over, getting good at those little things that will change your life. It has changed mine, multifamily investing is the place, it is the thing that will create your legacy wealth, that will give you a lifestyle like no other. But you have to do the work and a lot of times it's in the little things, guys. If you believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise is possible.